welcome to Professor Dave Debates. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I am positively giddy about today's episode. If you know anything about me, you know I love space stuff. I love talking about space colonization. I love talking about aliens. I love thinking about it. Uh, Every chance I can get, I want to talk about this kind of stuff. And today, that is exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about possibly the next and most concrete step in our quest to find extraterrestrial life. We're going to be talking about Europa, which is possibly the best candidate that we know of for extraterrestrial life. And to help us understand exactly what the plan is with Europa is Kevin J. DeBruin. He is a former NASA JPL rocket scientist, and he's a Europa lander flight system engineer. So he's directly involved with the missions that are being planned to go and uh, gather data on Europa, land on Europa, and and just really see what is going on there. So uh, he's definitely uh, an authority on this subject. In addition to that work, he's also a science educator. Uh, he does a lot of work on Instagram. So if you're interested in checking him out, he's at Kevin J. DeBruin. That's D-E-B-R-U-I-N. And uh, he's soon publishing his memoir to NASA and beyond in the fall. He's going to give a TEDx talk pretty soon. So he's he's all over the place. So we connected at SciComm Camp on that. We're both trying to do a million things. Uh, interestingly enough, he's also a two-time American ninja warrior. So he's a very multifaceted fellow. Uh, but, of course, we had a great time talking about Europa, talking about these Clipper and Lander missions. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? What might we learn? Do we think that they're aliens on Europa? One can only speculate. One can only hope that there are squid-like beings down there. But anyway, let's get into this conversation so you can hear it from Kevin himself. This is Kevin J. DeBruin and I discussing what's on Europa. So you go to so there's these different training centers, or and you and so they have obstacles set up, and you what do you wait, you test them, or what do you do? Yeah, so we're, we're filming Ninja next week, and what it is, is I'm going to be testing all the obstacles before the actual competitors come on to film it. So you're like a, you're like a consultant for it, or like... You could essentially say that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we just want to make sure if something goes wrong, it yeah. goes wrong for me, right, right, right. <laughs> and not and when not they're actually trying to film the national show. television. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's live, but like that would suck. There's everybody there, and like somebody's doing the thing where that, my, the the scariest one for me is like the bar where you like go like this the and the bar ladder. goes up the thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only one. Like some of them, like the one where you jump and then you like put your legs Ooh, on the side. Spider wall. I'm like, that's not even hard. Like I can definitely do that. It's harder for me than it is for you because of your height because i'm high yeah okay so i can't get the right angles if i do like jumping oh, jack you're style. more compressed so i have to go walk like an egyptian would. oh that's how i have to hold my position interesting interesting yeah. okay yeah the other ones i mean anything where it's like rock climby i'm like dude i can do that i can yeah. do that like the like there's ones where you're on crimps like the pinches uh, yeah i can't do that i can do that yeah because it, like to me i'm looking at that and i'm like that's like hard but like I can do that yeah. totally. Maybe we can do like a tag team where I will do everything except the grimpies. I'll do the rock climbing. <laughs> take you in, and then you do anything where you have to be tall and jump high. <laughs> Warp wall, got I it. I cannot. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea because I've never tried it. But like, I'm kind of short, and like, I don't have like ups. Like, I, I like if it's if it's a height of jumping where it like is hard for a lot of people, I probably can't do it. <laughs> well, I think you can. But the thing is, when I've watched it, I've never, ever seen somebody get to that's always like the fifth or sixth thing. And I've Mm -hmm. never seen someone not do it. 
Like, does that ever happen? Like, I've never seen someone do the, you know, the, the curvy wall thing. Like, they run up and, mm-hmm. and like, not get it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen someone not get that. There has been. There has been? Yeah. The, the, the ones I'm specifically thinking of is our short females. Oh, okay, like they okay. They get through the whole thing, right, and right, they get right. to it, and yeah. they just can't get up to no, the top. No, that's difficult. Yeah, that's, that's oh, it's kind of unfair, almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what they debuted last year was an 18-foot wall. So, oh, normally, okay. it's 14 feet. And they're like, we're going to give you one chance to go up the 18 feet. foot wall. Like from the bottom, like, but you get to run yes. up part of that. Yes. Right. You, okay. Okay. So from bottom like, to top, like 14 foot. Half I was flight. like, I can't grab net. So there's <laughs> no, there's, I can't not touch the net of a basketball. <laughs> like, I All you got to do is like no sending way. yourself and think oh. Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. And, and like, I think my strategy would get as far up the wall before jumping as possible. That's but, what you do. I mean, there's like a limit to that because it becomes <laughs> vertical after a while. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't do it. All right. Well, that's. Okay, that's enough ninja stuff. Um, so I want to get this. And so uh, as a segue, I want to, because uh, just to put it in context, I, my extreme excitement for this topic that we're going to talk about, um, have you seen 2010, A Space Odyssey? No. Oh my goodness. But you've seen 2001, A Space Odyssey? Yeah. Uh, can I tell you a bit about 2010, A Space Odyssey? You may. Or it's the sequel to 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. So um, all that stuff happens, right, in 2001. There's, like, the, um, mm-hmm. there's like the monolith out there. Yep. Uh, in you know in the in the Jovian system, and uh, and so all that stuff happens with David Bowman, and then like so he disappears, and so that's the end of the movie. But then back on Earth, they're like, um, what happened? We sent the Discovery, and <laughs> yeah. they're all gone. What happened? They all died, and this one guy is missing. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on? And so I mean, long story short, all this stuff happens, but like. Um, uh, the aliens, like the what ended up happening was like Jupiter turned into monoliths, like billions of monoliths, what? and then it slowly turned into a sun. Ju- Jupiter turned into a second sun, and then okay. Earth got this message that was like, "All these worlds are yours. Like you now have a binary system, but don't yeah. go to Europa." It, mm-hmm. it was exactly like uh, all these worlds are yours except Europa. Do not attempt to go there, or something because Europa had um, life forms. Because these aliens are that's what they do. They cultivate. They cultivate cultivated us and they're cultivating something on Europa and who knows how many other things they're (laughs) cultivating. And so Europa was like the next, like you don't go there. That's our other little project. So (laughs) don't go there. And now by the way, you have a second star in your, in your system is just like, it's wild, man. I just, I mean, 2001 is probably my favorite movie of all time, but this one, yeah, that one's underappreciated. I think it's a pretty cool movie. Yeah. I can tell you, I am more than familiar with that quote. All oh, of right. these worlds are yours except Europa. Exactly. Yeah. I get that question all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And and it's it's 2010 is like not very well known as a movie, <laughs> so it's fair. But um, okay, so Europa, you're passionate about Europa. Tell me about. So I I know almost nothing about it. This is uh, I just I know that you're talking. It's a wait, clipper and lander, right? These are yes. Are these two crafts or two components of one craft? Two completely different missions. Two com- Oh, two completely different missions. Okay, yes. so give me the whole because I barely know about it. I'm sure the listeners barely know about it. Give me all the rundown here. What, okay. what are we doing? Okay, so Europa Clipper okay. is a flyby. flyby. Flyby mission that's going to launch in 2022 or 2023. Okay. Solar powered um, out at the Geovia This system. is funded, like, it's for sure happening. This is for sure happening. Okay, for yep, sure. They're in phase, I want to say C or D right mm-hmm. now. Um, so there's phase A, B, C, and D, and then phase E is launch and operations. So they're working to actually build the thing, like start acquiring parts right okay. now. Um. That is going to go and launch in 2023, 2022, kind of depending on how a few things come, specifically with like the SLS. What's so that? The Space Launch System. Okay. It's the new giant rocket that NASA's building to take us to the moon and, and beyond. 
And it's like it's, a new paradigm in in the way we launch, or or is it similar? It's like the Saturn V. So in okay. terms of um, in, uh, like power. So like okay. Falcon Falcon Heavy. So it's it's bigger than the Falcon Heavy. Wow. Right? Oh my gosh. Um, it's supposed to be right. We're supposed to be able to land humans on Mars. So are they taking the notes SLS. from Musk? Are, are is is this like? <laughs> are they like looking at what he's doing and like adapting what they do? Or not to my knowledge. Oh okay. Um, I was on They're... that program for like three months and that was well before falcon heavy was even oh, like okay. possibly feasible not even okay yeah it, it's just funny to think about whether they're like oh what's musk doing what did or if they're just like screw that guy like <laughs> let's do our own i thing. don't care what he's doing <laughs> it's my, the politics of it so clipper yeah. it's going mm-hmm. to uh it's not going to land it's going to correct uh orbit it's going to orbit jupiter and fly by europa oh only fly by it's only going to fly like by one one time 45 times over the course of two and a half 45 years. 45 times. Okay. Yep. But but it's still called Europa Clipper. Yep. So okay. Clipper comes from like the European ships, the the sailing ships that were clipping, like clipping port to port, uh-huh. like kind of flying by, doing okay. their thing, okay. and then, then taking off. I love so, it. So we know that there's like a ton of radiation in the, in the Jovian system because yes. Jupiter's so big. Yeah, yeah. Right. And around Europa, it's super intense. Mm-hmm. So spacecraft electronics, they don't like radiation. Okay. Right. So we're going to be in a long looping orbit around Jupiter and flying by Europa and then doing propulsive maneuvers to move us around to get global coverage of Europa. Okay. So it kind of like, it has to go around uh, Jupiter, but it just like go, it's like a, it goes in like very briefly and then goes way back out. Yeah. Like that sort of orbit. So it's a four- highly elliptical. Yes. Okay. So it's a 14 day orbit okay. um, around Jupiter. And then it's around collecting its flyby science mm-hmm. for 10 hours of that 14 day orbit. Okay. So it comes in at about like 66,000 kilometers away from Europa. It starts turning stuff on. Okay. Comes in, does its science, comes within 25 kilometers of the surface, mm-hmm. takes some high-res pictures, continues on, ends at 66,000 kilometers, then starts like downlinking data to Earth and recharging the solar panels. Nice. Okay. So that's like hustling, hustling through that, that intense radiation environment mm-hmm. to then get to the normal radiation of space to kind of like bleed off all the charges that it's right. built up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To what's basically, yeah, just, just space. Um, so why 45? What does that number come from? trajectory just okay that's yeah. like the light that's how long we think that the craft will be viable or not that it'll be viable that's the best and i'm, I'm putting best in quotes mm-hmm. um way to get as much global coverage as possible mm-hmm. for again quotes optimal resources so trading you know time versus uh propellant versus how much delta v do you actually need to to do these turnover maneuvers to get all sides of europa it's just kind of what newtonian mechanics allows Kind of, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Okay. Europa's tightly locked too, which right. means the same face always faces Jupiter. Mm. So we can't just like slow down or speed up to like always stay on one side of Europa as it's moving. So we have to like go in between Europa and Jupiter and then go on the opposite side as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So wait, but so it goes, I mean, the listeners can't see what I'm doing with my yeah. finger, <laughs> but like, does it go like this or does it go like figure eight style it, it, it is it uh, is it like a, it's just like our moon just a regular no no not europa right. but what the, the the trajectory of the oh, craft the trajectory is it's, it, no it's not figure eight style it's okay it's just regular, it's elliptical okay. yeah and then you just change the perigee a little bit so the closest point to it's got it so each yeah. flyby will be a slightly different correct like approach or whatever yeah okay so, so the interesting thing is is like you go through you do one flyby mm-hmm. and then you go up to apogee the furthest point in the orbit yeah and if you don't do a propulsive maneuver there you're on a crash course into europa oh okay so as you come in if you don't do any types of maneuvers you're just coming back and you're gonna slam home okay which we don't want which yet. no well not no, 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 no. not yet nope. because also whatever's there we don't want to scare them that's very true <laughs> <laughs> what's this fiery like, thing coming uh, out of the you sky? guys i think some people are coming soon they <laughs> 
have caught wind of what we are doing over here. Um, okay, so so obviously we're taking pictures. Uh, what yeah. else are we doing? What other kind of data are we gathering? Like ice penetrating radar is a big thing. Mm. So we know that Europa is like a big ball of water that's frozen on the outside. Yeah. But we don't know how thick that ice shell is. Right. What what's the range of estimates? Between five to thirty kilometers. That's a lot Which of ice. Which is huge. Yeah. Right. And we want to like get into that ocean eventually. To put it into context, what is like the deepest ice shelf on Earth? Do we know about like, like I don't know, Antarctica or whatever? Like how, like for a comparison, is that? I don't know that answer. Okay. Hand. No, I, <laughs> like it. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's like way, way, way 10 times deeper than anything on Earth or if it's yeah. like comparable to something on Earth. Well, let's compare it to the Marianas Trench. Okay. Sure. Right. So that's like uh, 11 kilometers depth. Oh my gosh. Right. And so wow. the ice shell could be three times the wow. distance or the depth of the Mariana Trench. All ice. Yeah. Let's get James Cameron <laughs> up there. He'll figure it out. He'll get down there. You know, so um, he's been to JPL to like consult on the mission or like tell us oh like what gosh. he wants, at least uh, specifically for Lander. He's like, okay, when you get on the surface, I want Jupiter here and I want Europa there and then take a panorama. What? And we're Are like, you serious? Well, well We'll put that in what the is, requirements is for sure. Is he like funding the <laughs> trip? No, but it's like him. Uh, so it was James Cameron's and then uh, Congressman Culberson, who's like the big proponent for Europa. Uh-huh. He didn't win his re-election, but they would come and it's just like creating excitement about Europa. It's like, why do we want to go there? And then what helps sell it to the public, fucking right? aliens is why we want to go there? Well, what yeah, do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't imagine people not being interested in this it's like what are you talking about you want to find aliens there Send us might to Europa. be a, like there might be like freaking like fully like squid like like aliens like not even unicellular shit like animal like f- aliens could so, be there true I'm, I'm gonna pull us back just a little bit okay. and say we're not looking for that but no 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 <laughs> yeah but 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 they could be there is all i'm saying yeah. it's potential yeah you know? so 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 we yeah obviously well and we'll get to the lander in a second but uh, but to go back to the clipper mm-hmm. uh so the data with the radar data will refine the estimate of the shelf like we'll get a better sense of how how thick it is or correct and okay. it'll tell us if it's uniform or not right so okay. if we're trying to get into that ocean where's the thin point where's the best spot to go yeah. to go drill yeah mm-hmm. absolutely or are there pockets, right? So that will tell mm-hmm. us if it's like uniform thickness around and are there like lakes trapped within this ice, like liquid oh, within the ice, you know? Okay, so like, not even just a layer and then ocean, but like what's going on in between. Yeah, so if it's a high enough salt mm. content, it won't freeze, right? If you can get enough salt in a briny substance right. in there, then that could be a place to tap into the yeah. ocean or a good place to have Freezing that Freezing point depression uh, for all the yeah. high school chemistry students. <laughs> Molality, colligative properties. Um, okay, interesting. I had never even considered that. Yeah, so, so mm-hmm. just a certain area that has a higher salinity is maybe more likely to be liquid even within the shelf. Okay, that's, could very, be. that's very interesting. And you might ask, like, how, how would it get in there, right? Uh-huh. So we know that Jupiter has, what, 71 moons now? There's, yeah. like, a bazillion of them we keep a finding. A new one a week, yeah. All right? So the four Galilean moons all, like, are in a resonance with each other. Okay. Meaning they push, they pull, and mm-hmm. Europa's, it's ice. So, like, what happens when you try and take ice cubes out of an ice tray? Right? It cracks. Okay. So that's what we think is happening to the surface. So this stuff is shifting around. Mm-hmm. It's that ocean that's able to seep up in there, and then it yeah. shifts back. Those are those kind of red lines that we see yes. across the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are like the fractures, but like what we believe the red comes from is all the deposits from Io, right? Wait, from Io? You mean content that is ejected from Io? Correct. Is landing on your... Wow. That's, what we, that, that's a hypothesis. We haven't oh confirmed gosh. it, but if you kind of look at where it's landing on Europa, mm-hmm. um, it seems like that could be the case. Well, Io's kind of red, and mm-hmm. that stuff is red. 
so done. That's true. <laughs> Check the box. <laughs> That's <okay>. my science, <laughs> scientific approach to it. That's wild. I had not. Wow, that's that's incredible. Because how well, how close do they? Because I know Io is is Io the closest moon to Jupiter, closest in terms of orbital moon. I don't know about the other what sixty seven, mm-hmm. but of the four Galilean moons. Oh, certainly of the yeah, because yeah. the, these new ones that we that we find, they're like captured asteroids, right? They're not Pretty even, much. they're not like big. Yeah, they're it's no. not like we are missing a huge no. world. It's like a it's like you yeah. know. It's like finding Pan out at Saturn, right? It's the tiny moon uh-huh. that's in one of Saturn's rings that we had no idea of right. until Cassini was like within a couple hundred kilometers right. of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is like barely big enough to kind of, we should call it a moon. <laughs> sure, let's do it. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so any what other um, <clears throat> any other kind of data, what else are we going to gather with Clipper? See, there's going to be a magnetometer on board. So mm-hmm. we wanted to like the magnetic field and its interactions okay. um, of Jupiter and like around, around Europa. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the high-res camera, we got the IPR, which is ice penetrating radar. Mm-hmm. It's called Reason. That's the name of that instrument. And what does that stand for? Is it just a convenient uh, or? It's some kind of awesome acronym that NASA loves to throw at everything. Yeah. I, I love that. Just all the acronyms have to be words. <laughs> they just <laughs> always have to be words. Like whose job is that? I want. I want that job. I want the job where I sit in an office and come up with acronyms all day. <laughs> that would be fun as hell. You know, I did that for a bunch of CubeSats actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was one of my early jobs there, there you too. go. We're like, we're going to design you a spacecraft and give you a name for free. No extra cost. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, okay. So magnet, uh, magnetometer. Magnetometer. And you yep. and so this is a, yeah. So tell me more about that. Yep. Um, so we're looking to detect like what type of magnetic field influences are going. Does it vary with time? Like does it vary at points different in the orbit? Like learning more about the magnetic field will just help us learn more about how Europa interacts and is there more. More surface, I uh, would say, like changes, not necessarily formation, but more cracks, more surface activity going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that in relation to like a, a magnetic field change or shift or different magnitudes? Is there a relation? Right, like, right. Just trying right, to draw right. those two. From Jupiter's. And it, uh, you, but Europa doesn't itself have any magnetic field. No, okay. not that we're aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Because actually right. not all, very few moons or almost none have one, right? No, you need that iron core. Is it, doesn't one of them have it? Ganymede or no? Ganymede? That one? I think one has it. Maybe Titan does. Maybe Titan, yeah. That sounds familiar because that has an atmosphere, right? A thick atmosphere. Yeah, Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about Titan. uh, Well, we'll get to that a little later. Um, Okay, so uh, anything else about Clipper? We'll we'll get to Lander next, but anything else about what we might expect Mm. to find uh, types of data what 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 we think we might learn about europa from clipper yeah we're going to learn um, more about gravity science okay so like, you might not know have any idea what that is is like we don't have to use an instrument really to do that what we do that is with our antenna and what we do is we measure the doppler effect so based upon where we are in the orbit versus upon like what we what we actually are versus where we predict we should have been mm-hmm. we'll be able to determine the doppler effect and that will give us things like the love number, which is called like J2, to help us determine more of the interior properties of Europa. Okay. So it can tell us actually if that ocean is salt ocean, if it is part ice and salt water is a slushy mix, like is, is it frozen? Because we think the ocean is about 100 kilometers deep on average. And the J2 number, this love number from the Doppler effect can help us determine more accurately or give us more information onto what actually is going on on the inside okay so that's where we could learn 
the core is a rocky core from what we believe, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have the, the saltwater ocean and then the ice shell on top. So with that J2 love number, we can help define more accurately what is on the inside of Europa. Okay. I love that term, by the way, love number. Who came up with that one? <laughs> his last name was Love. I don't remember his first name. His name was Buddy Love. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Love. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I uh, do you know Dr. Kevin Hand? I do. He's he was so cool. I, I saw his um, uh, Science and Spirits uh, yes. talk. Yeah, he, he did the first one. Yeah, and, and he yeah he was talking about all this kind of data that can be gleaned from Europa, and it, it, like it just never even occurred to me like the ways that something interacts with Europa being used to like do density calculations and things. I'm just like, yeah. oh my god, like humans are so smart. I can't understand, <laughs> like, and then to come and then to like be I've, like I'm not involved in any of that but I have enough scientific back background to like understand people when they talk about it mm -hmm. and uh, to like know how brilliant these people are and what the human race is doing and then to combat like science denial on the <laughs> other side I'm just like oh, do you under do you have even any shred of under like we're gonna find aliens <laughs> and you're like over here with the flat earth thing it's like we're you go do that and we're gonna go find aliens and hang out with them and you don't get to come <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing where we've come right so yeah. like 2200 years ago 200 bc it was uh -huh. when i believe it was the greeks determined that the earth was round um yeah uh, so it's been like 2200 years and we're still yeah er people eratosthenes i think did it yeah <clears throat> yeah that proof is brilliant, by the way. Like oh, the whole with the sun and the well thing. Mm -hmm. That's un unbelievable. I did a tutorial on that. Did one. you? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think I could have come up with that. That's <laughs> a, that's a right? really fun game to play. By the way, do you ever play that game where you're like, if you take away all the stuff, mm -hmm. which ones would I figure out? Yeah. Um, world is round. I don't know. Probably not. If we're, actually, probably none of it, if we're being honest. <laughs> I mean, are you, we're smart, but are we, yeah, we're, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, like, yeah, any of it. Any sun, sun, at the center, sun at the center of the universe, uh, at the, sun at the center of the solar system, definitely not. No. No way. Mm -mm. We'd be like, well, what are you talking about? This shit goes around. Like, it's fine. Spectroscopy? No. Oh, no way. No, nothing. <laughs> are you going to put some glass in front of a light and then, like, look at the fingerprint of the elements? No. Oh no! Anything with <laughs> anything with instrumentation no, is not possible. Yeah, maybe like I'd find something that refracts light and be like, "Well, there's something going on here." What it is? I don't know what. Don't know. <laughs> Isaac, what do you think? <laughs> and he's like, "I will be the best scientist ever." Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so uh, anything else about Clipper? If you like, or let's then talk about Lander. Let's go on to Lander. Okay, that's, let's go on to that's Lander. my true, my true passion. Right so there. is land. So obviously Lander will land. Uh, and when will this happen? And is it for sure happening and all that? All right. We'll start with, it's not for sure happening. Not for sure happening. So this is a mission concept that NASA has asked JPL to investigate. Okay. And it is in what we call pre-phase A. Mm -hmm. um, if it would happen. This is how it would have, this is how it would go down, right? So it would launch in either 2026 or 2027, and it would take either like two and a half or seven years to get there. Kind of same thing as Clipper. Ballpark. You know, it depends on the launch vehicle. We don't know. Right? We don't really know how long it's going to take. Well, if you use the SLS, the Space Launch System, it's like putting it in Ferrari mode, right? And you can just okay. like shoot right there. Mm -hmm. But if like lander becomes too heavy, right, you might have to do an Earth flyby. Which means like you launch, you go to deep space, right. come so, back, steal Earth's gravity to go faster. So get craft there. design is not finalized and that's what that would no. depend on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So keep on trying to get the mass lower and lower. That's the big thing. Mm -hmm. But So we'd go out there and so Europa has no atmosphere, right? So mm -hmm. it's like landing on the moon kind of essentially, right? 
right so that means like that makes it difficult because there's not like the friction of um no heat shield no yeah. parachutes like we do on mars right okay so yeah. how do we land on the surface right but well, we're still going to use a sky crane which is going to be awesome sky crane sky i don't crane. know what that you is. don't know so, what that nope. is yeah explain. so how we landed curiosity on mars mm -hmm. is we used a parachute and then we popped open and then we fired retro rockets and hovered and then lowered down curiosity on a tether and then once the tether had some slack in it, meaning that Curiosity's wheels touched down. We cut the tether, and then the sky crane flew away. So it's a crane that hovers on rockets, lowering down our lander or our rover. And then the craft goes back up to Mars. It doesn't go up; it goes and crashes like oh, it kilometers it's like, away. Screw it; they did its job. It's fine. Yeah, it's like okay, cut the cord, wow. turn the rockets on wow. high, and fly away. So it's not; it's like the total opposite of the thing. Like I think I've seen a graphic of like a thing that lands and like this like super duper airbag surrounding. That's Mars the thing. exploration okay. rover. Okay, yeah, and yeah. it just like boink boink bouncing all like... over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so not that we're going to use that. this other, which is probably better because of if we have no idea what is on Europa, like. We we don't want to mess around like just give it a nice light exactly touchdown we don't want to hit anybody and we also don't kind of don't want them to know that we're there <laughs> it's like we're just gonna land secretly like ninjas okay yeah. that's why i'm on the project so the, the surface is very unknown right so we do need that really soft touchdown because mm -hmm. it's chaotic yeah. right so there are things that we think might be like penitentes are you familiar with those no, i don't oh, yeah, what so think of it as like stalagmites made out of ice that aren't in a cave so it's like ice spears that like grow towards the sun, right? Oh. So we think that might be on the surface of Europa. So if you try and do airbags, it's just going to come in like you're landing on a porcupine. It's just not going to work. <laughs> it's just we, we do all this work and it just the moment it touches, it's impaled on something. And like, I can't, I can't <laughs> do stuck. anything. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but but in general, Europa is a, 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 uh, on average a very smooth surface, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But even still, we don't know. Like there's freaking spikes like yeah who well, knows well, let's let's look at that word smooth okay. right so if you took earth right. and you like brought it down to the size of a cue ball right earth would be smoother than the cue ball i think is the, the reference right wow isn't that it even with like all of our That's ups bananas. and downs right yeah so even you, with the with freaking the himalayas like it's still if you shrink it down yeah would be almost not visible so you say smooth like compared to other things in the solar system yes but mm -hmm. have you heard of like devil's golf course mm -mm. so it's a bunch of rocks that are out there and it looks like devil's golf course like you would never want to play golf there it's crazy and it just it it's a chaotic terrain right so it might be smooth but smooth is relative mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so it can be like this table smooth right yeah but there can be something with tons of divots in it that's also smoothish compared to something else right 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 so when we're trying to land something on the surface let's say the size of i don't know a, a microwave or a stove mm -hmm. pretty much about the size of a stove Right. It needs to land on a place where it can be like upright or be able to exactly. have a, a tilt of maybe, let's say, 30 degrees. Right. It cannot. Right. Yeah, it can't. Yeah. It has to land somewhere and be immediately stable. Right. Otherwise, we're jeopardizing the entire mission. Yeah. If you want to communicate with Earth, if you want to like sut, uh, cut, saw or drill into the ice, like mm -hmm. you need to know your orientation. You can't be like mm -hmm. upside down. No, of course. Yeah. So that crazy chaotic terrain is is the biggest challenge that actually mm -hmm. Europa Lander has. Mm -hmm. Because we just don't know about it. So so clearly then the specifics of the lander mission are contingent on the data gathered by Clipper, right? We need to know. No. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, wow. So that it it would reduce risk. Okay. So we are designing Europa Lander to land as if like we didn't have Clipper information, mm -hmm. right? So we're picking the best landing sites we know from Galileo data. Galileo launched in 1989. Oh, my. So this data is really old. 
but it's the best that we have. But we're not going to refine the landing site decision based on Clipper? Of course we are. Right? We will, but we'll already be in transit before Clipper oh. gets there. Right. Okay. So if Clipper is a seven-year um, trajectory to get there and they launch in 2022, uh-huh. seven years, that's 2029, we launch in 2026. So we'll have sort of like, like, a, like a target area, but then we might get more specific from there. Yes. Like so, there, there's a degree of relation to the Clipper data. Yeah. Okay. Um, we would use information from the Clipper data for things like hazard avoidance, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, oh, what's it called? Don't land exactly right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. It would be, we would build in maps to help us uh-huh. more refine where we want to land within like a region. Within a certain square mile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like the biggest region of interest right now is called Katamatakeus. I think I'm saying that right. Onomatopoeia? What is it? Right. Katamatakeus. <laughs> uh, I'm totally probably butchering that name. Cool. But that's the, the area of region that we're, like, we're most probable going to land in okay. um, right now. So it would be finding an area within there, like terrain maps from Clipper, if it takes pictures of that area that are high res enough mm-hmm. to get us into that position to give us the best possible chance at landing. Mm-hmm. So we can still land with a low amount of risk. I'll say low in quotes. Right. Clipper's information would lower that risk even more. Okay. And when we talk about low risk, like uh, of the mission, I mean, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the missions that we've done, but we've never really like sent something to land on a world and like it lands and then it doesn't work at all. Has that ever happened? I don't think it's ever happened. That it doesn't work at all? Yeah, like it just lands and like we screw it up and it lands and and it's like, whoops, it didn't work. (laughs) Like That's Um, never happened, right? Well, you'd have uh, Mars Polar Lander, right? Which didn't land properly because somebody didn't translate English units to SI units. Have oh you heard that story? Oh my Jesus. Yes. Um, so there has been issues like that or like, <laughs> we'll try and move away from that one and put it on the Russians. So like Russia sent like a handful of rovers or not rovers, landers to Venus, right? Mm. And Venera the 13. Via yeah. I think 13 was the one that worked. Okay. So like we've done that. But this is like the seventies. So like, we, yeah, there, there's an excuse. The we like weren't good yet at space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess for, for NASA, we've had a high success rate um, mm-hmm. as of late for sure. The ESA, uh, was it Shrapinelli, if I'm saying that word right? That was their Mars lander three years ago. Mm-hmm. They crash landed into the surface. <laughs> oh, they thought man. they were like higher than where they were and weren't ready to land and just like... This is the Europeans? Yes. <laughs> Silly Europe. Stick to your baguettes and your cheese and your wine. We'll do this. We'll do the space exploration, <laughs> you silly goose. Um, okay, so um, so we're going to land. Well, okay, we don't know. We're, um, hopefully this hopefully. gets funded and, and this mm-hmm. happens. So we're going we're gonna to land. <clears throat> Let's pretend that it, it's going to happen. And we're going to land. And so sadly, though, I mean, unless... Unless we just magically figure out that there's like a super thin area of it. Like we're not going to be able to get all the way through there, right? We're not going to no. like get into the ocean. We're not even going to try. Oh, man. So Lander 1. But I really, but po- I really want to. <laughs> Lander 2.0, maybe. Okay, yeah. In when we're like 93 years old. <laughs> Your grandkids are going to be designing Lander 2.0. Yeah. Oh, man. This sucks. I want to be alive for all the space stuff. <laughs> and we're not going to be. I'm very sad about that. Have you heard of cryosleep? Oh, I mean... We could try that. Yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Whatever. I just want to see some of this stuff. Anyway, okay, so tell me what we're going to... If we're not going to get through, mm-hmm. then just what are we going to do? So let's say the ice shell is its lowest point of like five kilometers of the estimate. Okay. Great. We're going to try and go uh, 10 centimeters. 
10 10 centimeters and the reason is because we're not trying to get to the ocean yeah we're trying to get below the effects of radiation Uh on the ice surface to get to a place that hasn't been affected by radiation right to see if we can find signs of life (laughs) there what is the composition of the ice below the immediate surface yes and 10 centimeters is enough that is the estimates from the radiation i mean like how do we protect from radiation with like the iss and water water yeah right so if we have frozen water like Mm -hmm. that's one of the big questions like there's so much radiation around Jupiter. How can there be life on Europa? Well, life as we know it could survive as being protected from the radiation yeah, and water, right? Yeah, gigantic shield. I mean, if mm-hmm. we're talking about kilometers and kilometers of ice, yeah. man, there's no better shield than that, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't want to like have a little leeway, like go, say go three feet. Like well, Maybe the estimates um, are like, let's say three to five centimeters. Yeah. And we're going to go minimum of 10. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Not feet. Based on what you just said, <laughs> like, oh my God, by the way, if there's never been a better example for why we need to <laughs> just switch to have- metric... Is this conversation? Good God. Right here. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous that, I mean, I like, if we're, I'm being frank, I don't want to switch because that sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> but screw that because we should. And metric is the way smart people yeah. measure things. So I, I try and talk in metric most of the time yeah, about space, except yeah. when I'm talking about large distances. And I talk about an AU and how it's 93 million miles. Right. And then I say Mars is 350 million miles. Right. Jupiter is almost 900 million miles. Yeah. There's, there's my miles. <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. Because like you say, kilometers are like, what are we on the autobahn? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, do I times that by two point two point what? It's 2. just 1? like 2. double 3? it. Just freaking. Yeah, it's roughly good of, enough. Oh man, that's what I did when I was telling my mom the difference. Uh huh. She's like, what is that in like miles? I'm like, just divide by two. It's what close is enough. a kilometer? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wild. Yeah, we need to switch. Maybe it'll but happen. I don't know. One day. <laughs> one day. We can hope. Yeah. We also. 10 centimeters minimum. Okay. And like, how are we going to get there? This is the cool part. Okay. Robotic arm with a chainsaw. Okay. Literal chainsaw. Okay. I, I No. Rotating blades. A chainsaw. Chainsaw sounds cooler. Yeah. Right? You know, but it's it's two rotating blades that are like coming into a V. Okay. Like that's the current design right now. Mm-hmm. So you like, you saw down mm-hmm. and then on the opposite end, like this tool will flip and there's a shovel. Just like the uh, the little shovel that was on Mer. The little like, um the scraper almost mm-hmm. looks like a tiny, um like, What's that? A little, a little scupula. Yeah. A little spatula. One of those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to down, 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 get a little get a little scoop. Get a little scoop. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so we're bringing it up in there, and it's got instrumentation, right? What's it going to do? Nothing yet. Nothing so it's, yet. it's in this little scooper. It's in the bucket. Okay. The most important thing, don't melt it. Yeah. Right? Don't change its composition. Right. And then we're going to put it inside of our belly. So like we are the size of a, like a, an oven, right? So we got this arm coming out of the oven, and then we got a little port that we're going to put it in. And then inside, the notional instruments are like a mass spectrometer, yeah. a gas chromatograph mass spectrometer, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, there would be like a, like another spectrometer to look at a different set of lights and then microscopes. So we're going to get the chemical composition, obviously. We're going to take pictures of it mm-hmm. with the microscope. And um, do we have a guess? Do we know what we think it is all about? Well, I guess what we're looking specifically for are the signs of life, mm-hmm. right? So we're looking for the carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and sulfur. Right. Abbreviated schnapps. Schnapps. That's how I remember that. Peach schnapps. So to find life, yeah. you need schnapps, right? Or to make life, you need schnapps. Yeah. And looking for the right combinations of those molecules together uh-huh. to give us the, are these the, the signs of life we're looking for? Right. Are the, are the ingredients uh, possibly there? Mm-hmm. And what if there's like bacteria in there? <laughs> So this is where it gets tricky, okay. right? Is 
It can't be earth bacteria. So that's a huge right. thing. It's yeah, so planetary. we wouldn't call it bacteria, but something resembling a unicellular life form that sounds is kind of familiar. Yeah. Well, we got to make sure we didn't bring it with us. Oh, right. right so it's right, like right, we yeah. need to launch sterile, and that's a huge that's thing. That's so hard to do. Like, yeah. That's why we crash Cassini into Saturn, because there's that moon Enceladus that might have life too, and we don't want to accidentally put earth bugs in this place. Oh, my gosh. So it is one of the hugest design drivers that we've tried to figure out how to be specifically clean like there's different ways to do it you can irradiate it like you irradiate batteries and that's a way to like make them sterile you can do um oven baking like bake something for long enough and it'll kill everything mm -hmm. but electronics don't like heat yeah right so like where's how, where's the playroom in that do? like what do we do you have to build components or invent new things be able to withstand these temperatures so that they can be sterile be dead of everything mm -hmm. so we can go and see if we can find life mm -hmm. so if we do find the life right NASA has a podium test, three-peat. You need three repeat measurements of the same thing to be able to say, yes, that's what we found it. Mm -hmm. uh, based on three different samples or? Yes. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, you guys, there's E. coli on Europa. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Are you sure? I don't think. Uh, Maybe. There's tardigrades. Like, cause it, isn't that a thing? Like um, <clears throat> tardigrades, we found them like on the on the hull of a craft or? Yeah, on the outside of the yeah. International Space Station. And it's like we brought them. Like, they're, mm -hmm. yeah. And they're surviving in space. That's bananas. Right. I can't even believe that. Like radiation does kill things, yeah. right? But we can't assume that it's going to kill everything on the spacecraft. Right. And that's surface grade too, right? So what about like inside the boxes or inside this oven, this vault we have with all our electronics mm -hmm. or inside the computer chips or inside like the silicone or inside the Kapton oh, tape, oh, like all of that, all those bugs need to be dead. Yeah. Because yeah, we're talking about right. beyond microscopic. They could be on any component anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My gosh. Which is very difficult. We can take a little bit of credit, like working with the planetary protection office mm -hmm. for like some space irradiation, but we pretty much have to launch sterile, mm -hmm. which means we also need to like be encapsulated in something that's sterile. So here's something like a lot of people don't think about is like when you're put in the fairing, right, on the rocket, like it's cooled. They put AC in there to keep things cool because mm -hmm. the rocket can get really hot on the pad, right? If we're not encapsulated in something that prevents any other bugs from getting in there, that AC isn't sterile. It's going to bring in atmosphere right? that has stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. So we have to put, put something what we call like a bio barrier mm -hmm. around the entire spacecraft is a thought right now mm -hmm. to be able to protect us from that point. So we have to like assemble the whole thing in a clean room, keep it all clean. Cause like once you clean a component, you can't let it get dirty. Right. It's so from like the beginning all the way to getting it out in outer space, you need to make sure it's clean. Space is complicated. Yeah. It's hard. Stuff. When are we going to like, we got to have a thing where we either like, we need to figure out how to launch from orbit. You know what I mean? Yes. When is that going to happen? Because then, yeah. because you, you number one, you can <laughs> mm -hmm. you you could potentially build a craft in orbit, uh, and then then now like the mass of the craft is not as much of of a factor, right? Mm -hmm. Or I mean, it's still a factor like F equals ma wise, but it's not a factor in terms of like you need this crazy amount of fuel because you're up there, and then you can like give it a nice scrub, and you don't yeah. have to worry too much <laughs> about like recontamination unless those tardigrades are like you know cruising over from the ISS. That's true. But um, yeah, how far away are we from something like that? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, like the thought that just popped in my head, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool is if we could 3D print Europa Lander on the moon, like by mining the moon's ore, mm -hmm. or like some of the stuff that's out there, mm -hmm. build it and launch from there. Mm -hmm. 
Like we 3D printed stuff at the International Space Station, like a screwdriver, right? Wow. We had to send up the materials though to like print the screwdriver. Yeah. Which there, there's your launch mass right there. But if you already have something that you can use to build with, mm-hmm. you harvest oh. that and then go. So then you don't need to launch right. it initially in orbit. Now that's like way, way future thinking, yeah. of course. Yeah. If you can mine the raw materials on a on a world like that, yeah, and mm-hmm. then the moon has like what, a sixth of the gravity. Yeah. Of Earth, so much much easier to take off from there yeah and okay. you've already escaped earth's gravity well yeah you know needing well not totally escape earth's gravity right. well because the moon's the in moon's it. bound to <laughs> I mean, obviously yeah but obviously we're but talking about an order of magnitude difference in terms of energy definitely. and fuel and mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. well like that's how galileo was kind of launched mm-hmm. right so galileo was launched inside of a space shuttle so the space shuttle went to leo and then it opened up it's paid the uh, the bay doors. I want to say pod bay doors. Hell. Open them. Oh my God. Don't get me started. I will talk about 2001 Space Odyssey for nine hours. <laughs> it's my favorite movie of all time. Now, would that be longer than the movie's duration? <laughs> yes. Know. Yes, it would. It, would be it just goes on forever. I, it's never enough. No. I will watch it for the rest of my life. Oh, it's so good. So, space shuttle doors yeah. open. Galileo came out okay. and then Galileo fired its engine. So, having the space shuttle already using all of its fuel to get into low Earth orbit, to mm-hmm. go that 17,500 miles an hour, to get outside into orbit Earth, then it doesn't need that propulsion and that fuel to break that. It can just now go onto Jupiter. So mm-hmm. we've kind of done a little bit of stuff like that. Yeah. But I think what you're talking about would be more of assembly in space, right? So let's yeah. do like three launches to assemble something big to then shoot out there. That's and right. We have the technology to do that now. Right. It's we, just so much money. It, that's it. Yeah. Yep. It's not like economically feasible right 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 like we've demoed um docking and undocking like attaching and detaching of of cubesats and of larger things i mean yeah just this morning or yesterday the crew dragon docked with the iss Mm -hmm. you know so like we have the capability to build things that's how we built the iss in the first place it's a strictly economic limitation. It's mm-hmm. so it's so frustrating to have so little understanding of economics because I'm just oh. like, what's the like the money people just print more of it? Like what's like <laughs> make how does money work? Why don't is there not a make more money? I don't I just let's do it. Like just figure yeah. it out, money people. Like what's the problem here? Well, when we talk about money, here's one thing I like to say is that like NASA just got approved for like twenty two billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that's a lot of that's money. A good chunk of dough. You look at the overall government budget. That's point four percent. Right. Right. That's like nothing. It's yeah. like where's the ninety nine point six percent going? Defense. <laughs> yeah, like. 25% of it or 40 like goes to yeah, defense, right? That's an unbelievable amount goes to defense. That's kind of my main qualm with all of this is it's like defense. What is going on in there? Defense. This, this is ridiculous. No, 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 no. You're doing weird, sketchy shit. So stop doing the weird, sketchy <laughs> shit with the defense budget. Cut it in half and let's have free college and go to Europa and do this and do that. And everything will be better. If there we just go. Just quit with the fishy stuff <laughs> in the defense budget. And I have no idea if that's accurate or what I'm saying at all, but it <laughs> makes sense in my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is the money thing that limits us a whole bunch, right? right? Because like in 1969, when we landed on the moon, it was like, okay, now we're going to make moon hotels. There's going to be space tours and right, all of this. Yeah. And then it was, I believe it was Nixon who cut the funding, right? To NASA. Yeah. And then it went from like, okay, here's all of this money to like, okay, now still do everything that we tell you to do, but do it for like 10% of the cost. Right. And you're like... Okay. Because we went from like intense political pressure mm-hmm. to just Russia. flight of fancy. Just like, wouldn't it be nice? Not like Russia will murder us mm-hmm. to like, that'd be cool if we had a thing. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, of course it didn't happen. Yeah. Beating Russia is more important than like learning if we're alone in the solar system. Yeah. And I mean, 
I don't know. I wasn't there for the Cold War, so like I can't, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it was a little, you know, a touchy. Yeah, it totally makes sense. <laughs> but it's like we need that new thing that doesn't result yeah. in hatred and death I know. to propel us forward. Yeah, and I, I just I can't comment on the politics of it, but I mean, like, it is mm-hmm. a little bit depressing. Like, I, I'm I'm so into like retrofuturism. Like, I really like like vintage futurism. Yeah, and it's so depressing to see sci-fi from like the fifties, where it's like in 1992, we're <laughs> blah blah, blah. And it's like, yeah. no, we did not do any of that even close. Oh, just look at Back to the Future, right? right. 1985, and they were. 2015 2015 Cubs were supposed yeah. to win the World Series that didn't happen yeah um, but like flying cars hoverboards yeah Blade Time Runner travel, Blade right? Runner was 2019 <laughs> was it this year that we're in right now and wow. uh, all I mean 2001 2010 to whatever you know mm-hmm. just like it's all of it it's just so funny to like get to all these years and be like no we didn't do any of that <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's propelled us to get to where we are uh-huh. right so like a lot of that like one of the, that was one of the questions that um Neil Page or Neville Page, mm-hmm. he designs um, sci-fi characters, and he came okay. to JPL and he asked us, he's like, "What got you guys into space?" Right, and a lot of it was like those movies, right? Yeah, like seeing that technology, having those artists create those things, right, to make us like, "Oh, that would be cool." Has driven us to try and achieve those sci-fi mm-hmm, technical mm-hmm. advancements. It's an example right? of art driving uh, society, and driving right? progress. Yeah. So if they don't push us to the extreme edge, like. It's not that we we failed, we didn't get there. It's mm-hmm. like we got this far, mm-hmm. right? So like it pulled us along so far, mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, we wish we could get to like that final wow. portion. Okay. Like eventually, yeah, we'll get there, but we need someone else to make another movie or another thing right. that pulls us even further to get us to the original further point. You That's know? making me feel really good about being an artist and having <laughs> that be my contribution to science because it's like, you know what? Doing science is really hard and I don't really want to do that. But to be like, what if I make some awesome sci-fi thing? <laughs> and then all these other people are like, That's neat. I will work my whole life to make that. And I'm like, suckers, I just like <laughs> I thought of that in my head. I didn't have to do anything. There you go. You're inspiring the masses, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So is that how it was for you? Like when you were a kid, was there something that you saw that was like wow that's that's pretty neat yeah is it the movie october sky have I, you heard of that one i don't even know what that is what, what is that i've never even heard of that okay press pause we're gonna go watch it and then go okay. back okay yeah. so it uh it was a movie released in 1999 it's uh-huh. based on a true story of a coal a uh, boy in coldwood west virginia that sees sputnik go across the night sky okay and he's just like that's cool so when he starts building rockets he blows up his mom's fence mm-hmm. but the story is about him like fighting adversity to become a rocket scientist. So he wins a science fair, becomes a NASA engineer training astronauts. Mm -hmm. So I saw that when I was 10 years old and I was just like, that's cool. Like I want to design spaceships. Mm -hmm. Like it looked cool to have him build rockets and Mm -hmm. to like be in a town that like wasn't for it, like making fun of him. But Mm -hmm. like he still was able to achieve it, right? He like Mm -hmm. set his mind to it Mm -hmm. and like he did it and just like rockets sounded cool. Yeah. Right. There's like no answer to the questions he's looking for. He was right. building it at the same time Warner Von Braun was trying to launch rockets. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, I failed too. He failed. It's okay. And so this is real. Like, this is a person. This is this happened. Yeah. His name yeah. is Homer Hickam Jr. Wow. And he Pretty now lives dude. in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. Rocket Town, USA. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah. love that. I mean, and it's true, which is even greater. But yeah, I, I do love that message. And like, you know, it can come off cheesy sometimes, but it's just like 
you, uh, people need to under, like, I get a lot of questions, um, about doing science and like being a scientist, you know, I'm not a scientist. I've done some science, but you know, people are like, how, you know, can I do science? It's like, yeah, anyone can do science. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to be like crazy, super duper smart. Like you, I mean, you gotta be a little bit smart, but like, like you can do it if you want. You just gotta be able to work hard. Yeah. That's the thing is you gotta be passionate about it. Yeah. You just have to like try hard and you'll like, it's a job. Like you can learn it and you can do it if you want, you know, yeah. it's totally an option mm-hmm. but um wow that's wild so building rockets um what else in terms of like uh you know getting you getting you there as a kid i think like that that was mainly it like mm-hmm. i always remember just back to that defining moment yeah um i did grow up in wisconsin okay. and uh, i was about 20 minutes away from oshkosh which is has this thing called the eaa mm-hmm. the experimental aircraft association and for one month during the year, it turns into the busiest airport in the world, like compared to everything that's out there. Okay. Europe, America, and it's tons of planes that come in, and they have the first scaled composites spacecraft there. So a lot of people don't know, Virgin Galactic acquired scaled deposits. So scaled composites was spaceship, spaceship one, that they just went into to orbit not too long ago. So when I was little, we would go there. We'd watch the planes. They'd come in. They'd do air shows like mm-hmm. Blue Angels, Thunderbirds had uh, Harriers that would come in and so just you were into around. like aviation in general it's mostly aviation yeah mm-hmm. you just, didn't want to be like a pilot like a, I did you didn't I was looking into the Air Force Academy okay and it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna go and be a pilot like I'm gonna fly these things it's gonna yeah. be awesome or hear me out I'll do something <laughs> where I probably won't die <laughs> that's an even better idea yeah yeah plus space you know, planes don't go to space no they stay on earth mm-hmm chumps yeah <laughs> Um, so speaking of space, uh, well, okay. I, I mean, I have a lot of like, we, we can, I have lots of stuff beyond the lander, but to, to go back to lander, I want to yeah. give you an opportunity to wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. tell me more about lander. Yeah. So what they're doing on the surface. So we were talking about the, the sky crane that's going to power us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we retro were rockets about and lower how it's going to land. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to back up just a little bit because we're coming in hot. Like we are flying by coming into Europa because we have to leave Earth's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We got to leave Earth's gravity well. And we and, hit Jupiter first and, and come around. Yes. So we're flying because that's a lot of gravity. So we got to slow down, right? Yeah. And these, the sky crane, this crane that hovers on rockets isn't enough power. So the current design that I'm aware of is that we would use a huge solid rocket motor to fire in our direction of travel as like a retro rocket. Yeah. And we call that deorbit. So for Mars, it was EDL, entry, descent, and landing. So the entry is the heat shield and the parachutes with the friction mm-hmm. and atmosphere Because Mars does down. have a thin atmosphere, it whereas does. Europa has none. Correct. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we would use that huge solid rocket motor to slow us down, which is, air quotes, equivalent to like what a heat shield and a parachute would be to at least get us to a point where we can use those retro rockets on the sky crane mm-hmm. to come and get us to a stall. So to you like need hover. the bigger rockets to then use the smaller rockets. Yes. To, okay. So it's just, we had this huge gigantic rocket to get us off the surface of earth, get us going super fast. And we have a smaller rocket that's still big to slow us down to the point where we can use eight tinier rockets mm-hmm. to hover and then put us down on the triple surface. rocket system. That's what yes. I would call it. Triple, triple ro- rocket I like system. It. The TRS, because <laughs> yeah. we have to come up with an acronym, right? That's dope. TRS. So then once we're on the uh-huh. surface, right? So it's like, how do we power ourselves around Jupiter? And how uh-huh. long is it going to be? Notional idea right now, 30 days on batteries. 
30 days. Sorry. So what is it? We would spend 30 days on the surface. Okay. Using batteries. Oh, that's power. Okay. That's how long we will be able to gather data. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have solar panels because we're not always going to be facing the sun. And we're so far. They have to be huge. Yeah. Like the size of clippers or Junos. They're both out Mm -hmm. going to be out at at Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And we looked into um, RTG's radioisotope thermonuclear generators. So like having a nuclear reactor, just like Mars Curiosity, mm-hmm. you don't need solar panels. It turned out that the rack and stack, so adding everything up, made it heavier, which made it n- more expensive. Right. right. Yeah. It's just a, it's a, it's a weight game really here, mm-hmm. right? The every, every pound you, I will not pound kilogram, let's say yeah, that you go. add to it. We're just, it's like another million dollars or, you know, however much, I mean, probably more than that, right? I don't Something. Know. Yeah. We have, yeah. we have scaling equations where it's like one, one kilogram on the surface equals x kilograms on the launch pad right which equals this much money x yeah yeah x dollars oh and it's gosh. like okay we need to try and get this into an affordable thing yeah so that's what drives us to like using the batteries and doing a 30-day mission mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like that's a really short amount of time so yeah but but it, it to and and tell me more about other data we're gonna get but in terms of the data we're gonna get and like we're just gonna like get some ice and see what's there that takes that we just we get it and we got it. <laughs> right. well, so what else are we going to do? Yeah. Well, first you got to like, so like the notional kind of con ops is like you land on the surface, right? And then you have to survey the area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And figure out where do you want to, to saw. Is it going to, it's going to cruise around a little bit. It has some no mo- wheels. It, it's just like f- it lands and that's where it's hanging out for yes. the rest of the universe. Correct. Okay. Kind of like NASA insight. Yeah. So no wheels, just four legs that okay. are going to come down or stabilizers. We like to call them and mm-hmm. not legs and lock into a position. Right. And then you have your robotic arm that can only reach so far. Yeah. So you have to take pictures and look around and see what you got and then send those pictures back to Earth. And we better pick a good spot, man. Right. And then scientists look at those pictures and (laughs) figure out where do we want to to dig or or cut or saw. In terms of like, so it has like a radius of how far the arm, like a couple uh, meters in any direction or like one meter or like how, like. Not not that far. I'm trying to remember, yeah, Yeah. the details. It's it's not that far. So you think about like. It'd probably be like a meter, maybe a meter and a half, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Depends on how big we want to build this robotic arm, right? Meaning more power for actuators or motors to get it out that far mm-hmm. and bring it back. Mm-hmm. So, like that's a whole huge process. So we're looking into automation, where it would like do the first sample by itself, mm-hmm. put it in its belly, and then send the data back. So it's sending the data back, it's Jupiter, so it takes like seventy minutes, plus thirty-five to seventy minutes mm-hmm. to send the information back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have the scientists like look at the data and be like. Oh, we 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 like what we saw here. Like let's let's saw again here and test this again more. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's building that into the windows that we can communicate with Earth because of where we land on Europa, where its geometry is with right. Jupiter and Earth. Yeah, that's the like, other thing is just mm-hmm. like the yeah, the communication becomes uh, tricky. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So notionally, if like let's say everything was like automated, you could probably do it and. You can do it in a shorter amount of time than 30 days, mm-hmm. right? But things go wrong. Like Curiosity just had a, a reset um, mm-hmm. just last week where engineers were like, all right, press pause. Let's figure out what's going on and then have them like start up again, right? Or and have and her. It, it came back, right? It came back. Okay, yep, good. She's operating perfectly fine. <laughs> I say she because those are the, the pronouns that like NASA likes to use we for the spacecraft. We respect the, the choice of the pronoun of, yep. the, of, the, of the rover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Europa Lander having... Needing to build in time for like uh-ohs or oh shits or like mm-hmm. if we're going to spend, let's say, 2.8 to $3.4 billion on a mission, yeah. you need to have in the call AAA to tell me what to do, not have us come out and fix it. But we need to, 
you need the error catching time, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So to be able to find all the data and then do things that are wrong, yeah. like that's within the thirty amount of days. Generous window, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I read, uh, I looked a, l- a little bit about this, and where are we doing any? I don't remember if it was Clipper. I mean, well, is is Clipper planning on like a flyby of the other Jovian moons? It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about the data collection with them, but they use the other Jovian moons to help like slow it down. Oh, I see. So right. it's like the reverse of a gravity assist. It's like a gravity slowdown situation. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. And Lander would be doing the same thing. So it's like a little Jovian moon tour mm-hmm. where not necessarily like taking data, but using those other moons to slow you down. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get some dope ass pictures. Hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's what we need. <clears throat> Do um, have we has there been discussion of landing on other Jovian moons? Is that something that there is interest in? Not really. Really? So Io is the most volcanically active body in the mm-hmm. solar system. We can't survive on Venus, and that's like close to home. Right. So to land on a place that's constantly erupting with volcanoes. Well, not Io, but like Ganymede right. or, or Callisto. Yep. So Ganymede has seemed to be like a dead world. Like it doesn't seem oh. like there's any activity going mm-hmm. on there. There's not those like ingredients for life that has like significant astrobiological potential mm-hmm. or like the likelihood of life in our solar system outside of Earth. And Callisto is like just a big old rock. Mm-hmm. Like the scientific community doesn't seem as interested in those bodies based upon like the, the big questions we're trying to answer. Mm-hmm. Like how did the solar system form? Are we alone um, in this universe? Europa seems to be the one that's addressing most of those. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until like the Galileo data that we're like, wow, Europa's awesome. Like, right, yeah. So we might just, the more we learn about Ganymede and Callisto, mm-hmm. or maybe even Io would be like, crap, we, sh- we should have gone there we first. Should, okay. Or we just yeah. don't have enough data to I tell mean, us. I like, mean, yeah, Europa, inarguably the most fascinating for sure. But yeah, I guess I didn't know how in, how interesting or uninteresting Ganymede and Callisto are. But like super great spot for a base, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. would, so let's let's start let's bring some bring some stuff yeah i'm just i'm in a hurry yeah. here you want to get out there like i want to like it, it's got to start now because i've got like 60 years maybe and i need to like i need to go somewhere i can't not like freaking minimum orbit man this yeah. is like we need to get going <laughs> well <laughs> you, you can start a gofundme get that two hundred thousand dollars to jump aboard virgin galactic and become an astronaut so this is for sure right so because because i've been <laughs> but, hearing for like 20 years about like the first thing and like people are buying the you know ticket and so so this is for real now this is two hundred thousand. supposedly like that's a sign-up fee right that's okay. what they've been doing and then this, oh that's not a ticket that's a sign-up fee well so get on the list Oh. And I think like that is your ticket. And that's your right? ticket. Okay, two hundred thousand. Yeah, give, so. give me twenty yeah. years. I'll be able to afford that. Yeah. Sure. Cool. I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> Hopefully, it's, you know, podcast. Uh, it takes it? off a little bit. No, it would would not be from this. Sadly, um, but that's like I mean that's an amount of money. That obviously, you know, you got to be pretty damn wealthy. But yeah. it's like in the grand scheme of things, like regular humans can mm-hmm. can do that. And so what's that going to, that's just, that's just to low earth orbit and, and not, not even low not earth orbit. Even, that's just, so that's suborbital. Like, so there's an wow. argument of like where space starts. Right. So like generally people like to say a hundred kilometers. Mm-hmm. So Virgin Galactic with spaceship two just went to like 82 kilometers, mm-hmm. but they're considering that space. Okay. Um, how do you, yeah, it's just like this gradient that right. dissipates as you go. Mm-hmm. Do you like take a little scoop and like, nope, I, there's molecules still. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, we got to go further. Yep. 
Um, but it's far enough to like, I just, I just, I need to see the earth from, I need to look down yes. on the earth. Mm-hmm. I cannot die until that happens. It's just, I had, and then like, man, going to like the moon or something, though, that would be, that'd be wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if we think about it, right, with the Wright brothers, when was it 1903? Yeah, something Kitty like Hawk? that. All right. Yeah. So that was the first time we ever right. flew, right? Yeah. Now look at, you can jump aboard a plane. hundred years later, we're bucks. these assholes at the airport <laughs> in our fucking sweatpants just like hung over and like, give me a snack. I have to go on the plane. Like, give me gummy bears. <laughs> like we're the, I hate the airport. So <laughs> it's the worst like cross section yeah. of us, but no, that's a very good point. I mean, we're talking about a very short amount of time from not having planes to like, it's so mundane going on a plane is like so boring and like annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and you think point. about like the yeah. increase in technologies, it's an exponential curve, right? The more technology we have, the easier it is to make new things, to make new things, to make it even easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So it's like a slow roll to like a huge roll, like the snowballing effect. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem that out of, out of thought that we can actually do that in our lifetime. Right. right? Absolutely. Like it's exciting. Yeah. And I would assume, I don't know, but you would do it. Right. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So where, where would you want to go and how much risk would you be willing to accept? Ooh, I want to go to the moon. Like, yeah. I think that would be awesome. Yes. Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go beyond the moon. Okay. Like no, just no take, Mars. No, it would take too long. It takes too long. Like, yeah. Nah, the moon, moon's mm-hmm. good enough. What if we innovate a uh, new, you know, propulsion technology and getting to Mars takes uh, uh, two weeks? Sign me up. Sure. Yeah, yeah, right? Two mm-hmm. weeks, that's what I'm saying. Two years, no. No. Two weeks, let's let's I get going over that. there. And, and, but I'm coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming not, back is a big thing. I'm not doing any of the not coming back things. <laughs> as wonderful yeah. as it sounds. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm not a one-way ticketer. With these, with these, like uh, with the Mars One, uh, the people, the volunteers and stuff. Like, I wonder what proportion of them are just like, no way, this is awesome. I'm totally, I don't care. I'm in. And then like they get there and they're just like, I have made an enormous mistake. <laughs> like, this is, I kind of didn't really think this through. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Mars would be phenomenal. Uh, uh, you saw First Man, right? No. Oh, you didn't see it? No, I haven't seen I it yet. I feel like you'd be like first in line. I know. There's been a lot going on. That's my fault. No, it's, it's look, it's a movie. You're yeah. you're doing... I've seen The Martian, okay? Well, okay. <laughs> you're up to date on The Martian. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I mean, just, um, you know, seeing the scenes of them like landing and, and like yeah. cruising around and like, it was just so, it's like, oh my God, it's like, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit yeah. and just looking back at the earth from the moon and like, that's the kind of shit, like I'm a fairly emotionally detached guy. <laughs> For better or for worse, uh, but that is the kind of thing that like really overwhelms me with emotion, like uh, you know the exploratory aspect of the human race, and like just thinking about getting to the next thing. Yeah. And, uh, I and and I mean the solar system is amazing, but I you know and there's no way I'm going to be alive to see this. But I want to go. I want to see what's going on in other systems. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is it going to take? What like what do you do? You have any thoughts on like what the paradigm, the new paradigm in propulsion would be like that would enable us to do that? Light, something light, right? Uh-huh. Because of like E equals mc squared, mm-hmm. energy equals mass times the constant of light squared. We need a light, light in terms of mass, way to propel us forward, right? So our solid rocket, or even our rockets right now, mm-hmm. they're so inefficient. Right, the mass to, to energy ratio. Yeah, is I mean awful. we're doing combustion. It's like this is what's going on in our yeah. cars. This is ridiculous. You're doing space with car stuff. Mm-hmm. Like let's get a different, a better thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it fusion photon sales or I don't know. something we haven't thought of. Yeah. That's what I think it is. Oh, you, you think even something we haven't thought of, not something like we've thought of, but like can't do yet or I think it's going to be a, a new, a new thing, totally new thing, new yeah. thing or something that like few people know about. Like mm-hmm. that's not widely known. Like mm-hmm. there's talk about, um, Oh, what is it? I, I don't exactly remember. It's like almost like where you emit light, right. And it creates thrust. Hmm. And so, someone was looking into it. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like those crazy ideas, right? Where like light, it's like, there's no mass to that, right? You just right. emit light and you're good, right? Yeah. So something like that, that I think may come up. Yeah. That's what we need, right? Yeah. You're like directed energy with lasers, right? That's mm-hmm. like, um, right. I think, yeah, that, I think there, that was related to the photon sale thing, but no, maybe mm-hmm. it's not related. I don't know. Yeah. But I did read the thing about like the laser to like from earth to get it going. And then oh, it just um, like, uh, is that light sail or no star shot with Stephen Hawking? Okay. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was that where you propel it with a laser. Right. And then it like gets going. And then obviously once you're in space, you're, you're, you're cruising. You don't need to, you, you accelerate for a time and then you're, then you're going yeah. at speed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so then we could get to like Proxima Centauri in like, you know, 30 years, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like enough that the, a person could be alive still when they get there. Yeah. Well, that, would said, be, that would be wild. Yeah. I mean, you think about it in terms of physics too, like the, Movie Passengers, I actually think, did a great job. They were going to the Centauri mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. right? They approached, I think it was 40% the speed of light, mm-hmm. which theoretically is possible, sure. right, with that yeah. stuff. So once you get up that fast, you got to slow down. Again, same problem with lightning on Europa. If you want to get to the Centauri system, mm-hmm. you go 40% the speed of light, like that's almost, what is it, 100 and so half would be 150,000 kilometers a second. Yeah. You know, and you need to slow down in order to land on this potentially right. habitable place. Right, 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 right. That's that's tough, right? Yeah. So like even if you get going that it's fast, it's almost as hard as getting there. going that fast in yeah. the first place. So you have to factor in all that time to slow down. That's wild. That's wild. Um, okay, so to to kind of transition to kind of wrap up, because I, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, tell me about your uh, specific individual involvement uh, with with some of this stuff. What, what how what is your uh, work and contribution to it? Yeah, on the Europa Lander team, I was a flight system engineer mm-hmm. on the flight system team mm-hmm. and my main responsibilities were so as a systems engineer i integrate the spacecraft mm-hmm. so i was looking specifically at the power system um, each component in the spacecraft has mass some of those components also have power mm-hmm. so it's my job to make sure that they can all live together happily and safely within our power allocations okay right so let's say we have these these batteries on the surface right are all of my components able to operate within that those those voltage ranges the the Mm -hmm. watt ranges and if not i need to make sure that we do fit like making this really complex puzzle come together Mm -hmm. so kind of what i do is i make everybody hate me equally (laughs) you know so you're like hey does this work the right way it's supposed to work yeah like we all have to share the same resources right and if you're being power hungry we're not going to launch so everybody needs to compromise to come together so my I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're everyone wants like what they want, but it all has to come together in a way that makes for a feasible craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to make sure that it connects. And Mm -hmm. most importantly with that is Mm -hmm. having the right information. Mm -hmm. So we live in a a digital age where we send emails, we hop on the the phone, we call people like I have Excel on my computer. You have Excel on your computer. If I'm doing something, are my outputs, let's say like my mass value is going to be inputs into your system to run your analysis. I need to make sure that we're all using the same information, mm-hmm. right? So it's like stuff goes away. Yeah. And part of that is showing the ripple effects throughout the whole system. So my job is to know that, let's say propulsion says, I need another thruster. It's going to take nine more watts and it's going to be two more kilograms. I need to know what that means for everything else. Right. So like, 
how is that going to work in the context of the of the whole thing? You know? Right. Yeah. So like I can immediately tell you, okay, I know that that means we're going to draw more power, which means we need more batteries, which is going to cost more. All right. And if you want telemetry data or like the, the data of that thruster's performance, that means we're going to need more computer space to hold that information, mm-hmm. which means we have more bytes that we need to send back to earth means maybe we need a bigger antenna or we need to communicate longer with earth to downlink all that data. Maybe we need to send more power into that system to send more information. So it's knowing the system inside and out mm-hmm. to know you move one piece, how do the rest fall into place? Exactly. Right? Or, does yeah. it, or does it all break apart? Yeah. And in turn, like with people that are hyper-focused on one component, which is obviously very important, there mm-hmm. still has to be. Yeah. So essentially you make sure the craft works. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's fairly important. Yeah. Fairly important job. I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope you get paid well for it. <laughs> they could pay me better. Right? They could pay you better. We all could get paid better. That's true. Um, well, that's uh, f- that's crazy. I mean, uh, I you know, coming from a science background, like with engineering, is just like any of that stuff. I'm so lost. Like I ca- I can't even begin to comprehend any like actual machinery or technology. That's wild. Um, it's kind of astonishing that you took the time to come talk to me. <laughs> I, I feel like you maybe need to go get back to go work. Go get back to work. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's Sunday. Give me a break. Okay. Yeah, everybody gets a break, even rocket scientists. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, I think we covered I think we pretty much covered it. Um, so what? Uh, so this is your life. This is what you're doing. Um, but you're doing you're doing SciComm as well. Yeah, correct. Uh, give me give me a little bit about that, and then uh, and so so people know where to where to find you. Yeah, I, I do most of my stuff on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's uh, at Kevin J DeBruin, mm-hmm. and I post about space all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's spacecrafts, our solar system, outer space, um, try to do an everyday kind of post. I make videos as well. I'm part of the LA Public Library. Um, speaker system where I go around to other LA libraries okay. and I do a little program with like an inflatable solar system nice. and we build rockets. And this is the like general public or is it as, as, as specifically kids or, or it's, it's specifically kids, yeah, okay. but, but like a general public, like anybody right. can come. Anyone can. Yeah. Yeah. I actually made rockets with a police officer mm-hmm. last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. He, he like walked by, saw what was going on. He's like, Oh, I want to do this and teach my kid. So he came <laughs> in and we made rockets. <laughs> Not you, Mr. <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's very cool. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Cause what, you know, what, what you experienced as a kid and you know, that you, you know, to, to be able to give that to another kid, you know, just be like, look, do you want to make rockets or go on or like you, you can like, yeah. if you want to do that, you know, yeah, it's important. I think to make sure kids like know all of the things that you can do, you know? And like, mm-hmm. if you want, yeah, whatever you want to do, man, it's all, it's all for you and whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So I'm traveling to libraries, schools, other like after school or organization uh-huh. programs to just really teach about space, like expose mm-hmm. and inspire as many people as, as we can. That's you know, like that, that defining moment. Like when I watched October sky, right. You know, for some people it was like an astronaut talked to my school. Exactly. Or, or yeah. Like I saw this movie or this person like yeah. showed me a rocket. And I'm like, yeah, everyone more has that, right? their different moments. I mean, I think mm-hmm. for me, I was just like maybe like four and I like got, I had like, I was given a book on the solar system and I was like, this is, what is this now? Like <laughs> these are real things. Yeah. And they're what? And they're where? You're shut up. <laughs> this is all I care about now. <laughs> Screw <Yeah>. animals. <laughs> I don't care about animals anymore. This is way cooler. <laughs> that's spaceships. True. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's awesome. Th- that I, this is like some of my favorite stuff to talk about. So <laughs> definitely. Thank you for coming, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.